This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 in Nirvana on Rock 102. A lot of screaming. Sounds like an angry guy. He had his moments. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, not a bad day today. Partly cloudy. The chance of a stray shower or a thunderstorm and a high of 80. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. No rain and a high of 81. 62 in downtown Springfield. There appears to be a tractor trailer on fire on the uh, Mass Pike eastbound near the exit to uh, West Springfield. That's really all the details we have so far, but uh, traffic will be backed up. You might want to get off um, in Chicopee. Tickets to Farm Aid go on sale today at 10 o'clock. They're coming to the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on the 25th of September. We will have tickets to give away later on this morning. We'll also have tickets to give away for the Black Crows. They're going to be at the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on Sunday. Those tickets are given away today, too. Actually, you might want to get off in Westfield. I said it's eastbound, so I was thinking in the wrong direction. It's eastbound. Get off in Westfield. I was thinking about giving away concert tickets. Well, right now is a truck fire. Concerts are in the future. Yeah, but that Black Crows one is just on Sunday. I mean, well, that's, that's, I mean, that's like that's like recent uh, future. Uh, that's like right around the corner. So there's that and other stuff this morning, too. It's 537 on Rock 102. Hey, Banks, let's talk about two truths. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 549 in the cars on Rock 102. So again, uh, tractor trailer fire on uh, Mass Pike eastbound in West Springfield appears to have the eastbound closed, uh, at least for the time being. Westbound traffic is still moving. Uh, eastbound, if you uh, want to get off in West Springfield, you, I believe you can. I, I think it's after the entrance or exit ramp right there. Uh, also, uh, Springfield or Chicopee City School Committee member Jim Tanhauser Jr. on with us a little bit later. Hey, what do you say we hop mm. right into some Hollywood trash with Yippee. Steve Nagel Rock? What do Wasn't I just saying to you guys yesterday we don't do enough stories about days of our lives? It was last week, but uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to do this story for Bax and I, since you have no idea what we're talking about anyway. Right? I know. It's a soap opera. I'm ready for it. Lisa Rinna. You remember her? I do. She was uh, she played Billy Reed on yes. the show? Lisa revealed her most surreal 90s moment was, quote, having an affair with the guy who played my brother. In other words, her Days of Our Lives co-star, Patrick Muldoon, played Austin. Right. Yeah, Billy and Austin Reed. She said they had a thing that turned into a couple of one-night stands. And just to clarify, this was before she met her husband, Harry Hamlin. Oh, okay. Thank God. Lisa and Patrick were also on Melrose Place together. But I think she started that whole, uh, you know, lobster tube uh, category wow. of... Uh, <laughs> Of the, uh, of the family relations. Yeah, yeah. Soap tube. Yeah. The taboos. Yeah. Soap bro tube. Soap bro tube. Yeah. yeah. Well, she was never one of my favorite actresses on the show, to be she, quite honest. You know, the other Billy was super hot. They had two women. Lisa played, she played the one, and she, I never really liked her. She was, like, weirdly hot. She was, like, good looking. She's two-faced. She is two-faced. Mm. She's totally two-faced. Bad lighting on the porch. Uh, but the other one that played Billy, I can't remember what her name was. But, oh my but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? I kind of do. And, and you know, the problem is, I don't. I, it's been so long since I remember that character. You have no remember, no recollection of it. 
Uh, Nick Cannon pranked Kevin Hart by sending him a llama for his birthday. A llama? A Hilarious. Llama. Who doesn't love llamas? So Kevin got him back by putting up billboards in uh, L.A., Atlanta, and New York with Nick's actual phone number on them. They said, for any advice on fatherhood, call my best friend Nick Cannon. Hilarious. The, I would think billboards in three cities probably cost a lot more money than a llama. Yeah, but I think Kevin Hart really doesn't care because mm. he's got this the is money. Basically, a pissing match between two rich guys, right? Who can blow money on llamas and billboards? Yeah, I, I'd be a little upset though if someone put my cell number on a billboard. Well, see, but, but you know, guys that are financial level would never do this. No, I mean, I'm not going to get you a llama any more than you're going to put my name and phone number on a billboard. Uh, gonna, I, we're, not, we're never going to do that. I might take an ad out in the Republican. Or a reminder. Yeah. yeah the Republican <laughs> would be too late. The penny saver. Yeah. Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck reunited to write the screenplay for The Last Duel. And Matt says, quote, I think we'll write a lot more in the future because it uh, didn't turn out to be as time-consuming as we thought. In other words, it's not going to be that good. That, that's exactly how yeah. I felt about it when yeah. he was saying it. I'm like, yeah. uh, you're talking about you didn't really put a lot of effort into this. and So uh, it's really not worth watching. So let's just start churning out crap movies like Adam Sandler does on Netflix. Yeah. Maybe we'll get go. a deal like that someday. At least people can say we're working together again. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't particularly care for these. Uh, it, it's almost like it looks like this gladiator type of you know, violent movie. Mm-hmm. You don't, really, you don't never, like gladiator movies? I never really... No, I don't like gladiator movies. Uh, I never really got into that kind of thing. Huh. You know, I, I mean, you guys want to come over and watch Gladiator this nah, weekend? I'm not, I'm not, a, big, not a big gladiator movie either. Uh, the Surreal Life is coming back for uh, this fall for the first time since 2006, and the cast will include Dennis Rodman, Stormy Daniels, and Frankie Muniz. Wow, yeah, that man. sounds. Whew. Talk about stacking the A list, man. Well, hey, you know, you gotta get, you gotta get, to, you gotta make yourself relevant again at some point. Why not do it on the surreal life? I don't know that they are. Uh, Sean Penn is doing a series for Stars, but he's reportedly refusing to film until everyone involved is vaccinated. Currently, the production company only requires the cast and everyone who comes in close contact with them to be vaccinated. Wouldn't that be almost everybody on the movie set? I would think so, unless it's a huge set and only a few people are in each scene. Yeah, but there's a lot of technicians you know, on, on, on all those sets. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Uh, Whitney Houston's Las Vegas residency is beginning on October 26th in Las Vegas in hologram form. Hollow Whitney will be accompanied by a live band, backup singers, and dancers. Wow. Yeah. How much is she making? Uh... Probably not as much as she would be if she were alive. That's, that's for sure. You know? Yeah, I think it still might be union scale, though. Oh, look! It's the un- It's the it's the uh, the bath the bathtub scene. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's the showstopper right there. Live Nation will be selling twenty dollars tickets uh, on Wednesday to almost one thousand different shows. It's part of their Return to Live campaign to celebrate concerts coming back. I bet you you're not going to be able to get tickets for twenty bucks. No, no. no. It, it's kind of like when uh, you know Aerosmith came to town and there were a bunch of tickets for forty bucks, mm-hmm. and no one had access to any of those seats. Right. If you have T-Mobile or Sprint, you'll have the chance to score them the day before through T-Mobile Tuesdays. Is that when the service actually works? The T-Mobile service, yeah, baby. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, some of the acts that are participating are uh, Jonas Brothers, Alice Cooper, the Doobie Brothers. 
the Black Crows, which we're giving away tickets for. Uh, Hall and Oats. Hall and Oats. $20 to go see Hall and Oats. That's I'll worth take seeing. it. That's worth seeing. That's definitely worth seeing. Brandy Carlisle hired Courtney Cox to direct her Right on Time video. One uh, key scene for Brandy to be uh, called for Brandy to be underwater, but that's one of her biggest fears. But she also wanted to honor Courtney's vision, so she went to a hypnotist and quote, got some weird subconscious mind work done. That's weird. What well, kind of uh, subconscious mind work? Well, hypnotism. So she was probably sitting in the chair and her like, "You are not afraid of underwater. You will not be." Follow the watch back and forth. You are now a chicken. Yeah. Yeah, and then she starts. I, is yeah. it me or am I the only one here feeling very sleepy? I'm feeling very sleepy, too. Uh, Dr. Dre will pay his ex-wife $3.5 million a year in child support. But a source says uh, she was asking for $2 million per month. So I guess he got <laughs> off easy. Yeah, I guess so. $2 million a month? What Jesus. Heck? That's what she was asking for. Yeah, but yeah. even three point five million a year. Yeah, and you don't have to do anything for it. Well, it's. I mean, I don't know how it is. Where is this in California? Yeah. See, I don't know how it is in California, but like in Massachusetts, it's set by a certain mathematical formula. Right. So she would be entitled to a certain amount, regardless of of uh, you know what she would want. I. I would marry Dr. Dre and divorce him just for the $3.5 million payout per year. I'd yeah. want $2 million a month. <laughs> to be with Dr. Dre? Yes, yes. I don't yeah. know. I could get it. I mean, listen, after $250, it's just flesh. Joe. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> By the way, I believe that'll buy you at least four pairs of beats per year. I think so. And that's your uh, Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. I'm Michael Keep on. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 612, and the Steve Miller Band in Rock 102. Traffic is moving now in both directions on the Mass Pike uh, in West Springfield. The tractor-trailer truck fire that might still be getting cleaned up has at least uh, been taken care of enough that they were able to open up the eastbound lane, which is where it had been. So it should be, I wouldn't call it smooth sailing, but at least it's sailing. A uh, couple of things. Farm Aid tickets. We're going to give away a pair uh, of those uh, later on today. They actually go on sale after 10 o'clock this morning on LiveNation.com, but they'll be uh, at uh, at the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on September 25th. We'll give away some tickets later on today. So, uh, according to Mass Live, the uh, House has passed a sports betting bill, and uh, the Senate likely will not. Uh, the House bill passed yesterday 156 to 3, although the timeline for getting a bill to the governor's desk will depend on the Senate. Senate leaders have not said when they plan to take up a sports bill, nor have they indicated whether they would take up the House bill or Eric Lesser's proposal, which does not include sports betting for colleges, and it imposes different fees. With the, the August recess right around the corner, sports betting negotiations between the House and the Senate are unlikely to start until at least September. We mentioned yesterday it's expected to generate 60 to $70 million a year in tax revenues, another $70 million over five years from licensing fees. But um, I, was, I was reading uh, some comments from some of these other legislators. Maybe we could uh, 
get Eric Lesser on the phone. Oh, for crying out loud. I don't know why you would want a sports betting bill that does not include college sports. Um, it, it's a good question. There's probably there's probably some complications around college sports uh, that we might not be aware of. But you know, this one of the things that uh, that I've noticed about the discussion over the last you know couple of weeks, especially you know, recently, is this feeling like, well, you know, it won't get done by the fall mm. um, because everybody wants to think in terms of can we start betting on football games, right? I don't think that should really be what we're focused on is whether or not you can get it done by the fall. I think what you should be focused on is whether or not you can get this thing done correctly. And there's a lot of moving parts to this that obviously, considering that it's taken this long to even have a bill in place, uh, you know, people like us haven't even considered. So if the college sports uh, aspect of this bill is has been a question mark even now, I'd like to know what those reasons are. Yeah, and, you know, once again, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Other states have been doing this already. Other states have been allowing betting on college sports. Right, but what the state of Massachusetts' position has been on all of these things, whether it's you know medical marijuana or casino gambling or whatever it's been, has always been just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean they're doing it correctly maybe there's ways of improving it and and if lots of people are doing it they probably all have tiny little nuances that are different from each other and if you gather all of the information from all the states that are doing it i'm sure you'll be able to eventually cherry pick the parts that you want but deciding what those things to cherry pick would be does take some time uh, let's see here. What is it? The house passed it. The, uh, backing wagers on collegiate sports. All right. So the house bill does have wagers on collegiate sports, e-sports and fantasy contests. Um, this is a new article, even from what I saw earlier this morning. So I'm trying to uh, parse through this, um, as far as, especially as far as far as the e-sports and that kind of stuff. Uh, amendment said they would partner with racetracks and casinos. The house bill would allow the gaming commission to issue 11 sports betting licenses split between casinos, racetracks, and mobile operators. Again, there's no, there's nothing in here about retailers being allowed to get in on this. Um, and most of them probably wouldn't be able to afford the $5 million every five years. Anyway, um, under people under 21, People 21 or older could place various types of bets on professional sports, horse racing, fantasy sports, and collegiate sports, except for prop bets on individual athletes' performance. Uh, the bill also allows esports betting, which is a rapidly growing industry. So, yeah, that's so it's. it's yeah. Well, I mean, even if it doesn't pass, there's still time to draft a new bill that would, you know, it's, you know what I mean? It's like just because it does something would fail doesn't mean it's dead in the water forever. You know, no. part of uh, either voting for or against this may be more about getting the details, right? Something that everybody can live with as opposed to a moral position on whether we should be allowing sports gaming or not. You've already got casino gambling and you, know, for all the people that say, well, you know, this isn't, hasn't been as uh, successful as, as it uh, as they were proposing, you know the moral and the moral question about casino gambling has pretty much been answered. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, like you you, yeah. you you can't say that casino gambling 
uh, is fine, but sports gambling is not. That's why the Supreme Court made that choice. Well, uh, they can say cigarette smoking is okay, but e-cigarette smoking is not. So, I mean, they are. there are ways that they find to say something in context is okay, but right. something specific is different. But that, hasn't, but that hasn't been decided upon by the U.S. Supreme Court, yeah. whereas this has. Uh, you know, the other thing, uh, speaking of these uh, legalizing issues that we've been able to do over the course of years and yet make it just difficult enough to wonder whether it's worth it, um, 22 News did a story this morning that Netta is beginning the home delivery business. And when I say Netta, in other words, the cannabis from Netta is being delivered to customers at home. But the deliverers are third-party people who get approved for their own licenses from the state, and they're going first with minority candidates and or people who have been unfairly treated by the system. Uh, so they were showing this story of this couple that are doing this business with Netta and they're and they're doing home delivery. And I, I don't, you know, once again, they show this lock box that they have in the back of their car. Now, now they didn't go so far as to tell you whether or not the box itself is secured into the vehicle, but I bet you it is. I bet you, the, I bet you have to drill holes into the back of your car to put this lock box back there. Right. And then they wear a vest that has a body camera in it. So that when they go up to the house and they have some kind of a handheld electronic device so that when they go to the house and they meet the customer, they know it's the customer. They know it's the uh, individual purchasing. They know they're over 21. They check their ID and they have it all on video. It's all supervised. You know, I can get my narcotics delivered by CVS if I so chose and I believe the guy would just drive up to my house with the bag of whatever it is he has on the passenger seat. And stuff it in your mailbox. And hand it to me or put it in my mailbox, yes. But once again, we got lock boxes in cars and body cameras well, on delivery people. The, the, the difference is, is the uh, distribution of prescribed pharmaceuticals is a legitimate legal business. Well, now so is the... the, the delivery of uh, cannabis sure but it's still a federal crime it's still not you know federally allowed so you know there's certain parts of the the economic equation of that where you know if you're a guy delivering pills from cvs or walgreens you know you're not touching any cash you're, there's no by that point there's no you know uh, money being exchanged you're not doing it with the marijuana either they're not taking money it's it's all done online far as i know uh, they didn't show they didn't show uh you know the entire operation but it didn't seem to be any exchanging of money between because you're paying netta yeah you're you i believe netta is paying the delivery company so your purchase with netta and netta does you can use a debit card you you can't necessarily use a credit card in many cases so well that's but that's what i'm saying i mean there's some there are some, you know, financial restrictions not only yeah. in, in the delivery but also the the purchase online. But I could see, I I could see how even if there were federal approval of this, we would still be going over the top 
with bolted down lock boxes oh, yeah. and body cameras. Just it's just it's ridiculous. It really is what you have to do to get in on this business. But it's also ridiculous how well it's going. I mean, somebody had said to me, "Have you have you seen the uh, have you seen the Insa place over there in uh, the burger joint on the other side of ninety one? And I've been wrong about that area before. Okay, I, I didn't believe a health club was actually going to be popular over there with people from downtown who would have to get in a car, cross over the highway, get underneath the highway, come back around again to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. And what I'm being told about the business at this Lux place is that there are oftentimes lines uh, around the back of the building. So good for them, if that's true. Axon O'Brien of Rock 102. Uh, Jim Tanhauser Jr., a Chickabee uh, school committee member will be on with us after eight o'clock this morning. He has a big, big problem with the re- rehiring of Mike Wilk as a special police officer after Wilk's uh, social media controversy, despite the fact that Mr. Tanhauser Jr. has had a social media issue of his own. So, so he'll be uh, with us after eight o'clock on the uh, on the telephone. And then uh, another uh, on Mass Live this morning. Now more controversy, not controversy, but just headaches. Uh, the provisional police chief at the Chickabee Police Department, uh, Lonnie Dakin, is now retiring. He was going to stay until next year, and now he's decided, I want out of here. And technically, uh, Bill Jeb is still the chief of police, so they're losing the provisional, which means they'll need a new acting one to cover for the provisional to work behind the real one. Can't they do an expansion draft like the the Seattle yeah. Kraken just did? And they just grab cops from other other departments. They might have to. It is uh, it is getting complicated over there. Let's laugh. Tell me, tell me what's fun. It's Baxson O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor on Rock 102. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Uh, Marilyn had a parrot for a pet. A parrot. That's right. Marilyn had a parrot for a pet, but the parrot would embarrass her. Every time she came home with a gentleman friend, the, uh, the parrot would shout out all kinds of obscenities, always starting off with, well, somebody's going to get it tonight. That's what the, that's what the parrot would say every time she brought a guy home, right? Okay. So, uh, and now Marilyn's desperate. She goes to the pet shop and she explains the problem to the pet shop owner. And, uh, he says to her, he says, well, what you need is a female parrot too. Now, listen, I, I don't have one on hand, but I'll order you one. In the meantime, why don't you borrow this uh, female owl I have until the female parrot arrives? So Marilyn takes the owl home and puts it near the parrot. And it's immediately obvious that the parrot doesn't really care for the owl. He, he glares at it all the time. And sure enough, that night, Marilyn comes home. Uh, she's not her usual nervous self this time because she's thinking she solved the problem. But she opens the door to bring her gentleman friend in for a nightcap. And suddenly she hears the parrot screech. And she knows nothing's changed. Somebody's going to get it tonight. Somebody's going to get it tonight, says the parrot. And the owl goes, who, who? And the parrot goes, not you, you big-eyed son of a bitch. 
<laughs> you see already, yeah, the parrot and the owl are not getting along, and Marilyn's probably not going to get laid. <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien on Rock Call. 1-800-Cambridge. Having a hankering for some good local pub food? Mosey on down to the Whiskey Barrel in South Hadley, serving up homemade burgers, loaded baked potatoes, and some of your favorite sides. The Whiskey Barrel in South Hadley. Go on, get on down there. 631 with Baxton O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by WeHelpYouHelpOthers.com. They donate a portion of every purchase to a local charity. Learn more at WeHelpYouHelpOthers.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. I don't know if this tractor-trailer fire is still happening uh, on the Mass Pike. A tractor-trailer fire is causing backups on the Mass Turnpike in West Springfield during the morning commute today. The fire initially caused backups on both eastbound and westbound lanes of the highway near the I-91 interchange. However, traffic has eased on the westbound side. The traffic is moving on both sides. Okay, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, can't, yeah. I don't have a live camera in front of me. Yeah. Uh, and, or a TV, even. No, I don't even have a TV anymore. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. cable box doesn't even work. <sighs> and we can't get another cable box, huh? I'm I've sure. gotten three of them this week. Pretty oh, really? sure we could get another cable box. Yeah, have you what? tried unplugging, waiting a minute, and then plugging back in? You know what? I didn't. That's Maybe the I should try that. That's you know, yeah. the first thing they're going to tell you to yeah. do. The uh, fire, uh, I'm sorry, Sergeant Chamberlain of the Mass State Police in the Westfield Barracks said that a tractor trailer carrying cars caught fire Ooh. near the 45.8 mile marker. Cars. Cars. Who is the who's the person that was going to get that? Oh, your brand new vehicle is just here after being assembled in Detroit. We drove it all the way here. We, we waited months for the chips yeah. to come in, and they mm. finally... Of course, it could also just be a car transporter from a bunch of people that are moving their cars around. But you know, it's interesting. I don't feel so bad for that. You know, mm. when like uh, like a car, if it, say it is a car transport, and you know, vehicles are destroyed and lost because of the fire. But if that's a truckload of sausages or you know, pork chops, I'm gonna feel like an emotional loss as a result of that. Yeah. Well, like like a bacon truck. You know, I, I would feel terrible for something like that. Yeah, that would be awful. It would be. Uh, police are reminding people who suffer from addiction to not be afraid to reach out after an officer found an unattended bag with opiate overdose kits near Freshwater Pond in Enfield on Thursday. The Enfield police said the kit, usually used by people suffering from opiate addiction, contains many syringes and should not have been left at the public location. In a Facebook post, the department said, We would like to remind those who need help with opiate or alcohol addiction that the Enfield PD is here for you to battle your addiction. If any Enfield officer is approached by an individual suffering from addiction who is seeking help, we will personally drive you to St. Francis Hospital for treatment. Or take you to Freshwater Pond. Well, no, they don't want you near Freshwater Pond. <laughs> no, they don't want you near it, but they'll take you there. Right. Yeah, we found this uh, all this uh, naloxone down at Freshwater Pond. You want to go to Hartford, or do you want to just go to Tommyville? <laughs> do you want to take your shoes off and <laughs> yeah. wade your feet in the water yeah. while you're down there? Exactly. Or you, or you imagine, like, uh, you know, you're, you're looking around the house. Honey, where's my overdose kit? Yeah. You may have left it at the pond. Well, Listen, that's a terrible place to leave it. You the, didn't leave it at the pond again, did you? Those syringes can also double as fishing spears. Yeah. You know, you you're, you're standing in that freshwater pond. You see a nice trout come up. Mm -hmm. It's like playing darts in the water. Mm, that's a good point. Freshwater pond trout.
The uh, Westfield police are looking for the public's help in identifying a suspect who stole from a liquor store. According to the department, a man was caught on camera entering a liquor store, picking up a Mike's Hard lemonade and a large bottle of Hennessy, then allegedly leaving the store without paying for the items. Son of a bitch. A Mike's Hard lemonade and Hennessy. And Hennessy. That sounds like two flavors that just don't go together. Well, he might be chasing one with the other. Yeah, maybe, or maybe, you know, it's a his and hers type of thing. She doesn't, she doesn't like the Hennessy. And, and he, he doesn't, doesn't like, like the Mike. lemonade. Yeah. What is Hennessy? What is that? Is that like a cognac? Is that like a Grand Marnier or something like that? Is no, that it, it's like a cognac. It's like Grand Marnier is like uh, that's like orange flavored. Yeah. yeah, I prefer just a good Marnier. Not the Grand. Yeah, no, that's too expensive. Yeah. A uh, small plane crashed at Northampton Airport yesterday morning. According to the Northampton Fire Department, crews responded to an airplane crash at the airport located on Air Old Ferry Road. The plane was attempting to take off when it crashed, but no injuries were reported, and we have no other details. Well, you got a picture, though, uh, on Mass Live, and it's kind of interesting. Like you said, no injuries. Uh, they didn't say how many people were on the plane, and it looks like it's, it's completely upside down. And and it just looks like it landed upside down. I mean, I don't know how much damage there actually is to the plane, but it you know it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look like the wings hit the ground or or got damaged. It's just basically what looks like what you would see after a hurricane is just a just a plane that was turned upside down. I mean, if this thing was actually trying to take off. You would think that if it turned at some point, the the wings might have hit the ground. And, but it just looks like it was parked that way. Every time you say upside down, I want to say inside, inside uh, out. Yeah, boy, you turn. Yeah. 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 Don't blame you. Um, yeah, well, you know, you never know. It could have been like a just a big gust of wind or something coming across that airport field and uh, just flip you upside down, bring you right, right down to yeah. the ground. Uh, officials are reminding the community to use caution while on uh, rivers and waterways uh, as water levels are dangerously high after heavy rains. According to the Deerfield Police Department, around 4.53 p.m. yesterday, crews responded to a report of two boys that were stuck on the rocks in the area of the Stillwater Bridge after having difficulty swimming back across. Boats from the Deerfield Fire Department and Northfield Dive Team, along with the Western Mass Regional uh, Technical Rescue, helped rescue the boys. The boys were brought back to shore and met with their parents who were sent to bed without any supper. Oh, yeah. I bet I they're gonna told a, you not to go in that river. You have a long time out. How many times do I have to tell you? You know, I mean, I always, uh, I, you know, obviously this ended well. You know, nobody mm -hmm. got hurt. Yep. Uh, but if I was the parent, I'd be very upset. You sent all of these people out here. You mm -hmm. wasted all of these resources so you could go swimming. You told me you were at Billy's house. How come you weren't at Billy's house? Well, we were. That's where we started. Yeah. Wow. You told me I could go there. You didn't say I couldn't go to the river afterwards. And besides, that's what all these resources are here for. Right. We didn't waste them. They were just sitting around waiting for something to happen. You're going to need a regional technical rescue when I get done with you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the like the five stages of uh, you know getting over like a tragedy. A like grief. You know, yeah, a grief. <laughs> yeah, at first, you're just happy they're okay. And then you get angry. Right. And then right. there's bargaining. You know, like... Mm -hmm. You know, you can't watch TV for a week. Then oh, there's but what about documentaries? <laughs> no, not even doc. Not even educational programming. And then finally, there's acceptance down the road. But that's going to take a little while. It always takes a while. For oh that last yes. Ones. 
Uh, two Vermont men are facing drug trafficking charges after a trooper stopped their vehicle for having improper lights and a handwritten license plate in Shelburne Falls last week. That's not good enough? Well, I mean, if you have good penmanship. You know, it's one thing that we talk about uh, these people who decide to traffic drugs and they have like a taillight out. or mm-hmm. But the handwritten license plate... That would seemingly be the biggest problem you've got. Boy, when I get home, I'm going to punch your mama <laughs> square in the mouth. Now, you used to be some sort of uh, phony part-time cop, yeah, right? Okay, very good. Uh, if you saw a car that had the handwritten note that says, license applied for, nah, it's that's not, that's not, not, not normally good enough, right? Mm, that's not what they, No, what they have is they had a license plate. It either got stolen or they loaned it to a friend. <laughs> All right, but my- and then what they did is they take a piece of cardboard and they put the original license plate number on the cardboard. I understand that, but in the case of someone who's putting a note in their car that says license applied for, any handwritten note is never going to be good enough. No, I've right. never even heard of anyone doing that. Yeah, yeah. You've so- never seen a car with that? No. License of Oh my no. god, yeah, no, for for years cars that had not yet received their plates, like if you bought something from you know, like an individual, like yeah. of their of their uh, driveway, mm. and you didn't either transfer the plates or whatever. There used to be people that would put like a cardboard sign <laughs> that said "license applied for." And I could never figure out how does anyone expect to get yeah. ten feet away from the yeah. driveway without I, getting pinched by a cop for that. I told you, I pulled somebody over in uh, in Hamden one time because I couldn't see the plates on the vehicle, and then uh, when I when I talked to the driver, I found out. I said, "Where are you coming from?" She said, New Jersey. I said, where are you going to? She said, about a half a mile from here. I said, you made it all the way from New Jersey without plates on the truck? (laughs) And I got you in the last half mile? She said, yeah. So you'd be surprised. And then I- You wrote the ticket. I, I, I towed her. Good for you. Yeah, well, th- I mean, think about how many like people are drinking and driving on any given weekend. Uh-huh. I- I- the police can't catch everybody. No. But it is pretty surprising that she came three a, a three-hour drive. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> to a half mile right. from her destination. And, and that's you, usually and- how it is. You always get pulled over within yep. the, within a mile of your house. And you're the jackbooted screw that towed her. Good well, for you. It got very, very complicated. I'm sure it did. Mass State Police said on July 16, troopers arrested 31-year-old Justin Buccino and 36-year-old Justin Gilliam, both of Springfield, Vermont, after conducting the traffic stop at 12.30 a.m. The driver, Buccino, had an expired and suspended driver's license, and when asked about the makeshift license plate, he couldn't provide the correct documents because he didn't have them. The passenger of the vehicle, Gilliam, was able to provide troopers with an ID card. You know what I'm saying? I have an ID card. Yeah. How old is he? He was uh, 36. 36. He has an ID card. Well, at least he had something. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things that that the cop will shame you for not having when the other driver has it. Well, but well, I... Well, thank you, Justin. Yeah. And then looking at the other guy like, where's your papers, huh? But I can see these two guys are going, all right, well, who's going to drive? And the one guy's going, well, I only have an ID. I don't have a driver's license. And the other guy's like, well, I have a driver's license, but it's suspended. And, and Okay, been, you drive. And I've been drinking all day. Yeah. So you drive. Troopers arrested Pacino and allegedly found a bundle of heroin in his pockets. Gillum was also arrested after troopers found crystal meth in his pockets. He was a little argumentative but remained compliant, according to state police. An inventory search of the vehicle turned up a used syringe, a box cutter, two bundles of heroin, 
a small white baggie containing fentanyl, a glass pipe, and a cereal box with 3,100 bags of heroin and a plastic baggie of crack cocaine. Yeah, it was a it was a box of frosted flakes. Yeah, and it included like like a half bag full of frosted flakes. Well, that's better than a like a small you know prize in the box that's just like crappy little stickers. Yeah, yeah, but at least he had some. Fro- uh, Trooper, can I? I understand you need to take all the drugs and the box cutter and all that stuff, but uh, could I have the frosted flakes back, please? And can we stop for milk? They're great. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. They're great. Hey. Yeah, a nicely packed uh, half box, maybe a third, a third box of uh, Frosted Flakes. Yeah. And both men were arraigned in Greenfield District Court on several drug and trafficking and drug possession charges. Buccino faces additional charges for an unlicensed vehicle and the misuse of auxiliary lights. But he's fighting that one. Yeah, that's the one he's going to go down for. What does that mean, the misuse of auxiliary lights? He probably put aftermarket lights on uh, on the car and then uh, uh, using them in a way he's not supposed to. Or or maybe, maybe he had a flashing blue light to make everybody think he was a cop. <laughs> you know, I can't believe, like, uh, down in Florida, like, they're pretty lax on the laws down there about tinted windows and, and lights on All the car. All motor vehicle laws are pretty lax. I was driving down uh, I-75 through Sarasota a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at, you know, probably 8 or 9 at night, fairly dark out, and this car, this truck is just illuminated from end to end with these lights underneath in the undercarriage mm-hmm. and all the way outlining the thing. And I'm like, man, how do you get away with doing that? That just seems like a big distraction. And I can't believe that there's no laws down there preventing <laughs> no. that. There's no laws down there for most motor vehicle stuff. That's what I'm saying. But what I've seen up here, which I really can't stand, sometimes on pickup trucks on the roof, they put this line of white LED lights oh, yeah. that are like so blinding from from coming in the opposite direction. I don't know how they're legal. Yeah, I'm surprised they are legal. Yeah, they, or no one's ever tried to fight it because that. I mean, if you're oncoming. That's going to blind you. Yeah, you can't see a damn thing. A 30-year-old man in Canada named Ryan Dodd went on trial last week after he broke into a horse stable in Ottawa around 3 a.m. and was caught with his pants down standing next to a lubed-up miniature horse. Didn't we just do this story yesterday? No, that guy was from Norfolk, Massachusetts. (laughs) A different guy with a horse? Yeah, it was a full-size horse. This guy was also fully engorged, so it was very obvious what was going on. But when he saw the police, he said, it's not what it looks like. Really? Yeah, this all happened in 2019, but of course, with all the pandemic and the trials being pushed back, he was just in court last week where he claimed uh, he only broke into the stable to pleasure himself. And even though it was covered in lube, he said the horse had nothing to do with it. The horse wasn't interested. It's not her fault. (laughs) The horse was playing hard to get. I love you. I'll I'll write you every day when I'm in jail. Um, The... You said the the guy was fully in. When you say engorged, do you mean uh, within the horse? No, he was just engorged. He, he, in his own uh, yeah. state of excitement. But he had already lubed up the horse, mm. like it, there was an anticipation of yeah. an act about to happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know, like the right before the start of the Olympics opening ceremonies. I understand it's a miniature horse, so perhaps the lube is necessary. Because of size differentials, oh my God. 
But uh, why would you think to bring lube with you then you're, when you're going to visit a horse? Because you want to be tender. I, I, I would just think. I think you want to be you tender. Know, I think this horse has probably been around. Luckily, the police got there before he was like able the, to... like the horse enticed him. Well, no, but like it was being coquettish uh, but, around the around the barn. But it wasn't a virgin. Uh, the police got there before he was able to molest the horse, but its owner said it smelled like massage oil for several days. The horse smelled like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would think that considering most horses always smell, that's probably a relief. Yeah, but they don't normally smell like either lavender or cocoa butter. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. It would be even better. Cocoa butter. That what, was the horse's name. What's your horse's name? K-Y. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. It's going to be in the Kentucky Derby. That's why it has K-Y <laughs> on right. it. That's right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. It is going to be uh, sunny and nice with a high of 80. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 82. 62 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 6.53 and ELO at Rock 102. I've never seen syndicated game shows seem to have so much importance. Uh, 22 News keeps showing. So the Olympics are starting in two minutes. Televised uh, coverage of the Olympics begins 6.55 this morning. Primetime coverage of it on NBC starts tonight at 7.30. So 22 is going to be showing <laughs> Jeopardy! Tomorrow at 12.30 in the afternoon. Well, that's important stuff. Jeopardy has become so important that when it's preempted by the Olympics, it has to be rescheduled on the weekend. Well, it's probably the local programming that makes the most amount of money. So that's why they uh, they insist upon uh, showing maybe not local news, but they'll be damned if we're going to lose some Jeopardy money. Yeah, you're not going to miss Jeopardy. You will miss Jeopardy tonight and for probably the length of the Olympics. But at least they'll be on tomorrow at 1230. All right. Let me ask you a very important question. Uh, yes. Are you ready? Uh, yes. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me as we welcome John O'Brien's America. Condoms are one of the most effective ways to prevent pregnancy and protect against sexually transmitted infections. But if they aren't used correctly, you're more likely to experience breaks, tears, and other issues that can put you and your partner at risk. Uh, you should always check that your chosen barrier method is safe to use before you plan to engage in intercourse. Make sure to check the expiration date. All condoms and dams have an expiration date printed on the box or the wrapper, and don't use the condom after the date. Expired condoms can tear or break easily. Look for obvious defects. If a condom feels brittle or sticky, toss it and get a new one. If a condom is discolored, has an odor, or an unusual texture, toss it. It's better to use a condom you can trust. You probably know that you shouldn't store condoms in your wallet or purse, but sometimes it's unavoidable. If you do this, make sure to check the sign of friction on the wrapper. If the color has rubbed off or the condom inside is worn down, this means it's more likely to break, so Toss it and get a new one. The use of the outside condom as a barrier of protection covers the tip and the shaft and captures what's necessary released during the act. An outside condom can be used for any number of places. Not only can it protect against unwanted pregnancy and 
STIs and other bacteria being passed between partners. Here's how to use an outside condom correctly. Open the wrapper carefully, like a bag of chips. Don't use your teeth or scissors because you could accidentally tear or puncture the condom. Check for damage. Hold the rim of the condom in one hand. Pinch the tip of the condom with your thumb and forefinger of the other hand. Then roll the condom down the penis, making sure the rim is on the outside. If it's underneath and not rolling correctly, remove it and throw it away. And then I'm not even going to bother to tell you what to do with it afterwards. You're, you're on your own at that point. This has been John O'Brien's America. Clearly, I didn't have time to really write an America yesterday. So I'm just reading off of the Healthline condom page on the internet. Thank you. The views expressed in John O'Brien's America do not provide 100% protection. Thank you. I have a little problem. Uh, today's not a good day. Um, I don't know if I have any recourse on this. If I, um, I got fired. I got fired from my uh, uh, painting job yesterday. Really? Yeah. I got. I was. I was. I'm. I'm a painter, and I got fired. My boss. Uh, his name is Jack. Jack. Yeah. I was Jack. What I'd like, Jeff. Jack. Just. Um, I listen. I got fired because I painted an entire room the wrong color. Really? <laughs> what happened? Well, well. Listen. They didn't ask me when they hired me if I was colorblind or not. <laughs> yeah, that should have yeah. been part of the interview. Probably, probably should have asked you. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. He says go paint this room. Uh, you know, white. And I didn't know. And I grabbed the can. I grabbed the blue can. I painted the entire room blue. And it, it, it was supposed to be white. And he, he fired me. This guy, Jack, my boss, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. But I, I hope you get back on your feet. Uh, that sounds like a terrible situation, a terrible misunderstanding. No, yeah, I just did it. You know, he never asked me if I was colorblind or not. Right. Yeah, it's right. all on should him. Should have been him. part of the interview uh and you want to know if you have any recourse is that what you said yeah do you think like i could uh i could sue him or or maybe or i can uh take him to court or something get get my job back i i don't i don't know i i don't really give legal advice that often i i think you might be uh in a difficult position but yeah. then again if you can uh, prove your handicap then yes, I think you probably can do. I it. I would consult an actual attorney on this, not uh, Bax and O'Brien. Oh, well, no, I, well, I just wanted to get your guys. You, you know, I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame, and I have no idea how that happened. Yeah, but, well, um, we're stunned too. People like you yeah, are what, how that happened. <laughs> all right, well, thank you, very, thanks, thank you very much, and and good luck to you, uh, yeah. Rock One Hundred Two. Good morning, who's this? It's John calling from the car. I got a couple comments for you. Yes. Okay. Uh, one, can you guys, you actually did it right today. Can you guys do uh, a consistent thing about doing the crescendo for the music to uh, John's segment on Fridays? What do you mean? You know when you have the crescendo yeah. after back says thank you? Yeah. yeah. And, you ask, and sometimes you that music's already passed by the time back says thank you. Right. 
Sometimes I don't write it to the exact second of the music. It's not that easy to do. Would you like to come in and try it? I would have thought you would have pull flat it, but you know you usually wing it. I would. <laughs> you would have thought I would have what? What did he say? He, he, Proofread it. Oh, I mean, what do you yeah. want? He gave you two, can, two minutes and 50 seconds of condom instructions. I, I, mean, I, I can proofread <laughs> it, but when I write it, I don't have the music with me. That's the problem. I know how many lines it's supposed to be, but this morning wasn't written. So I knew exactly how to hit the crescendo. And a question about the youth <laughs> in the couch segment. Yeah. You repeat the 6 o'clock one at 8. But you don't repeat the seven o'clock one. Why? Because there's only three. Because we don't do the view from the couch after nine. You got? You got? Okay. It? Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. All, All right. right. There, there, Glad to clear that there up. There you have it. Uh, <laughs> Rock one hundred and two. Good morning. Who's this? Yeah, this here's the Ronnie McAdoo. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know that Wild Bill, the landscaper. He's there, single and ready to mingle now. Is that right? Oh, yes, it is, John O'Brien. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate the update. All thank right, you very well, thank much. You. By very the way, I'm told that it, it was very simple and probably not even that bad that uh, Hitler ties his shoes in little Nazis. Well, again, that's uh, it, uh, it, that's it, all. I'm just trying to be sensitive. Yeah, to I know. Rock 102. Good morning. Is this? Hey, good morning. I got a joke for you. I'll keep it clean because I know you're on the radio here. Yeah, yeah thank right. you. <laughs> so I, I'm having dinner the other night with my, my old Uncle Luigi. The guy's like 75 years old, right? He's mm-hmm. pissing and moaning about his nickname. He says, you know, when I was a young boy, I built a thousand fences. They call me Luigi the Fence Builder? No. He says, you know, when I was a little bit older, I built a thousand houses. They call me Luigi the House Builder? No. But you spend a one night with a sheep when you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Very good cleaning that up. That was not bad. Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hey, it's Josh. Good morning, fellas. Hey, what's up, Josh? Oh, not too much. Uh, I've called before. It's always a pleasure to speak to you guys. Congratulations once again on getting into the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have a way better joke than that chucklehead did earlier that you hung up on. <laughs> okay. He got a little spooky. Yeah. Uh, what do you call a bear with no teeth? A bear with no teeth? I don't know. A gummy bear. A gummy bear. <laughs> there you go. It's a, Thank you, Josh. Not insulting anyone. Uh, good, All right. good stuff. Good, See you later. Good stuff. Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello. Oh, it's uh, a bad, they're, they're, bad they're line. A very bad deal. Okay, the the lines are wide open. And I think that was a girl. I don't know what that was. It just uh, it kept cutting out. Yeah. So it's uh, either neither here nor there. So, uh, yep, wide well, open Well, but it right is now. nice to have a girl call every once in a while just to even things out. A little bit of diversity, if you will. That's always uh, that's always uh, it's always good to have. Rock 102. Okay, here we go. Uh, Rock 102. Good morning. Who's this? Yeah, this is Mark from West Springfield. How you doing? Really? Mark, where have you been? Uh, quarantine. <laughs> For six months? Well, there was a lot of protests going on. I didn't want to get involved in any of them because I didn't feel like getting my head chopped up. Yeah, I can see your point, I suppose. <laughs> All right. I got a couple of jokes for you, though. Yeah, All right, we're yeah. ready. 
What's a suicide bomber's worst fear? <laughs> a suicide bomber's worst fear? I don't know what. Dying alone. <laughs> Speaking of which, what's the difference between a feminist and a suicide bomber? <laughs> I don't know. My, seems to be a theme here. I don't know what. The suicide vest actually accomplishes something when triggered. <laughs> I got drunk the other night, and I passed out, and I woke up, and there was a penis in my ear. A penis in, in your, your ear? I got hearing aids now. <laughs> Why is the reverse cowgirl position banned in Palmer? I don't know. Because you should never turn your back on family. <laughs> Children evacuate a ship when it's sinking. I have no. First, I don't know why. So the men can think of a solution in silence. <laughs> what do you do when you see a homeless guy freezing on the street? I don't know. Sure. You go home and cover yourself and say, I'm never going to turn out like that guy. <laughs> And finally, if I had a piece of bread for every gender there is, I'd have just enough bread to make a sandwich. <laughs> but I wouldn't because that's a woman's job. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Wow. Wow. Long time since we've heard from uh, Mark of West Springfield. Did not expect that. Woo. That's a very successful open line Friday. <laughs> It's 723 at Rock 102. Well, according to research, 80... 732 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, receive $1,500 off installation with no money down, no payments, and no, in- no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, again, I don't have any update, but there was a tractor-trailer fire earlier this morning on the uh, Mass Pike in West Springfield and uh, has was impacting this morning's commute. I would imagine that fire is out by now, and yes. both lanes of the highway or both sides of the highway are moving freely. Well, we don't know that both lanes on the eastbound side are open, but at least one of them was. Yeah, Sergeant Chamberlain of the Mass State Police in Westfield said that a tractor-trailer carrying cars caught fire near the 45.8-mile marker. Is that Sergeant Wilt? Uh, Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I don't think he's uh, got 20,000 women that he's been with. Hey, you don't know. Chicks dig cops. I don't think there's even 20,000 available women in, Mass- in western Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah there might not be. Not for that cop. Uh, according to the Mass DOT, the left uh, actually... This was earlier. I'm not even going to read you that. No, don't even bother. Why do I bother? I don't know. Uh, Fire crews responded yesterday morning to fire alarms on Union Street in East Hampton. They found a small fire in the basement of a house. Authorities reported that the residents of the building were unaware of the fire as they thought the alarm was caused by dust from a nearby work site. Uh, Hello? Your house is on fire? No, no, no. That's just the dust from down the street. We need to do some housework once in a while. We don't pay attention to those fire alarms and then you the guy turns around and his his hair's on fire and he doesn't even know he doesn't even realize yeah. yeah uh anyway east hampton fire department issued a statement reminding community members to always follow proper protocols was when res- residents hear a fire alarm go off yes if you hear a fire alarm go off 
assume that there just might be a fire. I just assume the battery's dying. That usually gives you a beep, not the fire alarm itself. Or that somebody's cooking something near uh, near the alarm. It's mm. the only time mine ever goes off. Springfield Mayor Dom Dom Sarno submitted his written testimony to a state legislative committee this week urging passage of a bill intended to help crack down on the constant barrage of fireworks across our city. Sarno submitted the two-page letter to the chairman of the Joint Committee on the Judiciary in support of the bill that would increase the fines for the sale and use of fireworks. Sardo said that fireworks, although uh, illegal, has been on an ongoing issue with the city and for other communities across the state. The constant barrage of fireworks across our city has not only posed a quality of life issue and a potential fire hazard for our brave and dedicated public safety officials, but also has become a major concern and a big, giant pain in the ass on this city. Yeah, well, not unlike the motorcycles and dirt bikes going up and down the street. Um Catching someone with fireworks is probably not very easy to do. Yeah. Listen, so raising fines, it's a feel-good thing, but eh, I don't know. Listen, if we catch you with bottle rockets, we're going to tie you down, and we're going to put that bottle rocket in the cracker you knew nowhere, and we're going to light it off, and then you're going to shoot be shooting bottle rockets from your from your. Rusty Sheriff's badge, if no. you know what I'm talking about. I don't, about. Think, I don't think the mayor <laughs> has never said, said this. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he would even suggest it. I uh, don't even know if he knows what a Rusty Sheriff's badge and if is. He, and if, he, gonna, if somebody tells him today... He's going to Urban Dictionary and going to look yeah. it up himself. Uh, state law currently sets a fine of not more than $100 for possession or use of illegal fireworks. They want to raise it to $1,000. Yeah. Again, I, I, I don't know how much of a deterrent that actually is. If you first uh, don't succeed, try, try again. City officials hope that an improved market and an increased grant incentive will help boost chances for selling the long-vacant former Indian Orchard Fire Station. The city is advertising for proposals this week for the purchase and redevelopment of the city-owned property on Oak Street after five failed efforts in the past decade. Uh, we think it's a good opportunity for the right buyer, said Brian Connors, the city's deputy director of office uh, planning and economic development. I think market conditions have certainly changed in Springfield. We feel it hasn't it hasn't been for out for a while now, pre-pandemic. So we want to test the market and see if there's any interest in the building. In the last effort to sell the site, two proposals received in January of 2019, each bidder offering $100 for the property. Well, I mean, they're going to have to completely either tear it down or, or renovate it for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the city is offering a $65,000 grant to redevelop the building. Yeah. But when you buy it for 100 bucks, do you have you have to create something out of it, right? You can't just I, I believe so. Yeah. Well, is this a condemned building? No, it's just they they stopped using it as the, as a firehouse. Cuz I'm looking at pictures uh you know from Mass Live from actually 2 years ago. Every window is boarded up. Uh mm -hmm. the, there's uh they've got the uh, the, the truck bays open. Nothing going on there, but everything else is all boarded up and and shut down. It wouldn't necessarily be a bad building for something, but it's kind of like a single use type of type of building That's with those garage mean. bays in there. You're probably have to tear it down, which is why it sells for a hundred dollars. You're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars just to get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's just it doesn't seem like a good investment. No, not really. Well, a hundred bucks is pretty decent. I mean, you can't get anything for a hundred bucks these days. I bet you could do, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, the businesses that look like what they were 
before they were done like an IHOP or right. something like that. Right. You know, firehouse, you could uh, you could turn that into a pretty sweet nightclub or a bar. Strip club. Yeah. You get that pole already there. You had the fifth alarm. What was yeah, wasn't the fifth alarm an old firehouse? I don't know to tell you the truth. I thought that's why they called no, it. No, the they called it the fifth alarm because many people walked out of there with a burning sensation. Mm. Yeah. Or or they didn't believe there was a fire until they heard the fifth alarm. A COVID-positive Indonesian man who disguised himself as his wife to board a domestic flight was caught midair. The man, who has only been identified by his initials, DW, wore a full face veil known as a, what do they call it? Nijab? Nijab. Nijab. Uh, to board. He was also carrying his wife's passport and her <laughs> negative COVID test result. He may never have been caught if he had not changed into his regular clothes midway through the flight, causing the flight attendants to raise the alarm. What a dumbass. Most airlines have restricted travel during the Eid al-Adha holiday, which uh, began on July 19th. Police told reporters that the man was detained after the plane landed and was tested immediately. Upon uh, discovering he was positive for the virus, he was ordered to self-isolate at home. Police say they will move to prosecute him as soon as his quarantine. Why did he wait until he landed? I know. What a dope. Well, he doesn't want his friends that, you know, he's picking them up at the airport and uh, somebody's holding the sign that says DW on it. You know? And he comes out looking like uh, SW. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to they're not gonna let him in the car. Wait, where's D? I thought uh, D was coming. It's me. It is me. Just, Just let me in the car. Get me out of here. No, you should have changed on the plane. <laughs> The incident comes amid strict restrictions on travel to Indonesia, which has rapidly become the epicenter of the virus in Asia. The southeastern, the Southeast uh, Asian nation is recording almost 50,000 cases per day. Damn. Am I crazy or is that a lot of cases? That's a lot of cases. That's a lot of cases, and we're seeing a lot of that more with people who, you know, don't want to get vaccinated. And I, You know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive. I, I really now? am. Yeah. But when you see these stories on the news at night, and whether it's NBC or ABC, both of them sometimes have the same video of a person in the hospital who refused to take the vaccine and is now lying there in very bad condition saying, I should have taken the vaccine. There was one one video the other day where uh, a person was just about to be put on a respirator and reached out and grabbed the nurse's hand and said, can you please give me the vaccine now? And the nurse said, I'm sorry, it's too late. And then the person died. I, I don't, you know, I don't. Listen, I don't wish death on anyone. But if you're not paying attention to what's going on and you're still going to deny that this thing is even working or you're going to wind up with some long-term health effects uh that's that's not what's happening people are still dying from this whole thing because of the fact that they didn't want to get a vaccination one guy i saw quoted this morning in usa today actually said he's got covid he's in the hospital and he said i would rather have this covid than get the vaccination Okay. Yeah, he would. Ra- that was a, he would rather be on a ventilator again. Yeah. Than have right. the vaccine. Yep. Well, uh, as someone who I mean, all three of us have been vaccinated. Um, I don't feel any negative effects yet. Do you? No. I don't. I don't, I don't feel anything. I mean, I know I'm being tracked by the government, but 
I was being tracked by the government anyway. And I'm getting more pens than I ever wanted. Every time I walk by one, sticks right to me. To you. Yeah. Sure, right. Uh, Europe is dealing with a big heat wave right now, and the owner of a mattress store in Ireland just announced he's not accepting sweaty boob cash anymore, meaning cash you've been storing in your bra. His name is Mattress Mick, and he claims it's a real problem. He says his employees shouldn't have to deal with it, and the cash they've been getting lately is even sweatier than normal, so he's banning it. He's putting up a sign that says no bra money and reactions are mixed. Some people agree with him and think it's gross, but other people say uh, banning is unfair because a lot of women's clothes don't have pockets. It's gross, but who's buying a mattress with cash? <laughs> right, and carrying that much cash in their bra. I would imagine a guy named Mattress Mick probably has mattresses that would be eligible to be paid for in cash. And probably have worse things on them than breast sweat. Yeah. I uh, Listen... You have no idea where money has been to begin with. Mm-hmm. You get sure. money. Money is one of the dirtiest things that we pass around uh, on a daily basis. And yet, money changes everything. Money does change everything, but uh, not I, the sheets. It's. I think it's the visual. <laughs> when somebody pulls out the money out of the bra and right. it's all sweaty, yeah, and you're like, oh, that's disgusting. But you, let's say, somebody pulls it out of their wallet. You don't know where that money no, has of course been not. beforehand. It's like if you let's say you're a crack addict and you're meeting your dealer. And your dealer pulls the crack out of the crack of his ass. You're so hooked on the crack, you don't care where it's coming from. Obviously, Mattress Mick is doing well enough to be selective about where he accepts cash from. Well, we don't we don't know anything about Mattress Mick's uh, business, but. If I'm making a big purchase like that, I ain't going to go in cash. No, I, I wouldn't either. I don't understand why why people do. But nevertheless, uh, I'm take the cash out of your bra before you walk into the store. I mean, maybe you don't want to walk around with a wad of cash in your hand, but put it in a pocket. Put it somewhere else. You don't need it. You see, I saw a story the other day. Women in New York City wearing bras as tops. Well, you can't like, wear a bra as a top. That's flaunting society's conventions. I know. That's it. That was that was exactly the first thing I said. Obviously, when I saw this article, hmm. walking around wearing bras as a top. Well, some people like to do that. I, I guess. knew a woman who did that, and it turned out she was the heir to the uh, Oh Henry candy bar. Oh, Henry uh, yeah. candy. fortune. Yeah. I'm trying to remember which <laughs> candy bar it was. Uh, it was the O Henry. The O Henry. Uh, A 33-year-old man named Joel Olmsted was driving to a party on Monday near Albany, New York, and he was already drunk when he showed up, except he showed up to the wrong house because he had a bad address. I wonder if he had a bad address or he just put it in wrong. So so, so it was the GPS? Yeah. Mm. He ended up in a random person's driveway and started asking about the party, and they're like, dude, there's no party here. And then he gets belligerent. They eventually called the police, and Joe was still there looking for the party when they arrived. They gave him a breathalyzer, and he was three times the legal limit. Oh, oh man, before he even got to yeah. the party. They arrested him for uh, for drunk driving. He's doing court next month. Can you imagine that, though? Show up to the party. You know, it's uh, 136 uh, Sycamore. You're up at 138. No, you're up at 236. Yeah, you're so yeah. far away from the party, you have no idea where it is. But to be loaded before you go. 
Well, what do you expect out of that party? That's what I mean. I'm thinking he was at the right house. And when the people saw how trashed he was, they were like, yeah, we don't really yeah, we want don't him want, in the house. We don't want yeah, you here. You're at the wrong house. Get out. <laughs> but what's with all the people inside? It, it, we're having a meeting. Uh, open house. Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this at is 11 at night. Yeah, they want to see what it looks like in the dark. <laughs> it's an AA meeting. They're not drinking. <laughs> like, nobody's drinking anything but bad coffee. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, you know, sometimes you got a pregame before you get to the the big stage, you know? Yes, yes. but you don't want to be passed out in the locker room by halftime. I don't think I've done that pregaming thing since, like, college. Yeah. You know, I, where you, you, you drink, drinking like a 12-pack before you head out to the bar at night? <laughs> I, do it, I would do it uh, depending on where I'm going. <clears throat> if I know that the drinks are going to be very expensive. Uh, I might uh, I might pregame it. No, but I'm I'm kind of with Steve on this one. I mean, I, at this point in my life, I don't I don't need to kind of work my way up to drinking. It's yeah. like kind of kind of over it already. You, you know you know you're going somewhere where there's going to be people you don't particularly care for. You'd like to maybe uh, take the edge off a little bit before you get stuck in conversations yeah, with I, them. I call that going to work. Mm. Yeah, if you uh, if you are using Fireball as breakfast and a mouthwash, <laughs> you may have a drinking problem. You may. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It is going to be a nice day today, sunny with a high of 80. Tomorrow, it's more of the same with a high of 81. It is 65 in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It is uh, velvety smooth and never bitter and absolutely delicious. You can look for the black and white can in the beverage cooler now at every Big Y Express. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 814 in the cars on Rock 102. So earlier this week, it was announced that uh, Chickamee Mayor John View was going to reappoint uh, former and retired police officer Mike Wilk back onto the department as a special officer, meaning he would be entitled to do details and details only he would not be doing patrolling he would not be doing public information uh he wouldn't be doing any of that he was forced out of the job basically because of a social media faux pas and uh not everybody is happy about him coming back in any capacity and that would include uh Chigabee school committee member james tanhauser jr and he's on the phones right now good morning jim how are you Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having me on. All right. No, no problem. Uh, give us uh, the biggest reason why you're uh, upset about the idea of uh, Mike Wilk coming back just to do details. Because that would be tolerating racism at that point. Uh, the mayor himself last year said racism has no place in the city and forced Mike Wilk to retire. One year later, the mayor's bringing him back. That seems like you're going back on your word, especially when you're saying racism has no place in the city. And I just can't find anything right or good about that at all. Well, do you believe that when somebody makes a comment on uh, social media that they then become labeled as a particular individual based on that comment and that comment makes that person a racist for good forever? Um, if he made one post, sure, it could have been described as a mistake, but he has had a long history of these questionable slash racist posts dating back to as early as 2012, I believe, maybe even earlier. So, you know, this has been something that's going on for a long time. It wasn't, you know, a slip of the keyboard, and he's even had a chance to admit that, and he hasn't done that. If anything, he said what he wrote is very clear, so we have to judge it based on that. You're uh, you're certainly not alone in being critical of this uh, decision by the mayor of, of Chicopee, but 
the the police department, uh, not just in Chicopee and about other places too, is you know facing staffing shortages that are that are pretty, you know, pretty cumbersome for for the department to handle. I can understand to a to a degree why you would want to bring people back, but are you more concerned about the fact that there are these short shortages, or is it just about the individual? Well, of course, the shortages are concerning. However, I don't I don't see that as anything to do with bringing back Mike Wilk. Um, you know, we could have a shortage of nurses and doctors in the country, but we're not going to go to you know our prison system or anything like that and bring people out of there just because we need them you know there's there's qualified people out there there's programs where we can increase participation those are the routes i want to take not bringing back people who have alienated large portions of our community you know you don't think if during covid if he were still alive we wouldn't have brought dr jack kevorkian back and given him his medical license again (laughs) who knows maybe our mayor would have but not me yeah yeah (laughs) so back in january you came under fire for a social media post uh, that you put online that said that rioters who stormed the U.S. Capitol should be put in the ground. Uh, you were apparently reminded of that recently, and then your response to the reminder was that your comment should not be equated to Wilkes because the rioters' actions were a crime against the federal government. Uh, right. You're kind of parsing words here, Jim. So I'll start off by just explaining when I, so I wake up that morning, you know, when the Capitol protest or attack was, it was a protest to start. It turned into attack very quickly. And there was a Facebook post by a friend of mine that was completely going against these, you know, attackers, which I call them domestic terrorists, in my opinion, you know, attacking a Capitol building like that. And he was very critical of it. So I posted that comment in response. It wasn't on my own post. I didn't go out of my way to post it. However, I find out, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, that all over the Chicopee forums, it was posted, and it was posted by one individual, and that person was Mike Wilk. Not a other, not a single other person cared about that comment prior. Okay, he brings this out. It's not really but, so much about who cares about it or who repeats it or who likes it. It's the fact that you wrote it. Uh, right, right, and I'm and I'm not denying it. I just think it's a very important distinction to make. Where Mike's Wilk, Mike Wilk's comments, I might have been the twentieth or thirtieth person to respond about those comments. Mike Wilk was the first and might have been the only prevailing voice in it. I'm not saying, you know, that my language in that post wasn't aggressive. I've I've used aggressive language in the past, but it's the point of the situation. There's a huge difference between the two situations, and to equate the two is simply, in my opinion, Mike trying to, you know, grasp his straws and bring me down to his level. You know, you sound like a young man, so I'm imagining that it probably hasn't been a long time since you've heard one of your parents say, uh, if Billy Jim jumped off the bridge, would that mean you'd have to jump off it too? Oh, my parents, my, my dad says stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he's listening right yeah. now, so I'll say hi to both my parents. Well, right what now. you're referring to as aggressive writing on your part is actually probably looked at by others as violent. You're suggesting people should be put in the ground. You're suggesting that rioters should be killed and then buried. I'm, I'm suggesting that domestic terrorists be stopped before our democracy potentially gets defeated or overtaken because when that comment was made it was not sure what was going on though that the riot line was broken officers were attacked we have william evans right from our area as a matter of fact was killed by a driver and when that driver got out of the car with a knife he was shot and killed by capitol police in my opinion that's right that's rightfully so 
You know, I, I think, and again, this is a Chigley School Committee member, uh, Jim Tannhauser Jr., on the phone with us. You know, to me, the, the the concerning thing for not just uh, for Chicopee, but but any city that's that's facing this, because you know, certainly there are police departments all across the country that have been accused of uh, of an institutional, you know, racist point of view. When you consider the the opinion of many people across this country that that policing is inherently racist. And then you have a situation where a public information officer or any officer really goes ahead and makes comments that could be seen as racist. I can see why people like the Talbert Swans of the world come out and say, yeah, this is a this is a bad decision. This this almost is like uh, condoning you know, his actions. And I can understand that from that perspective and I can understand your argument from from that perspective but the city is obviously seeing something very different and and ob- and and very clearly y- you can say well is this is the city willing to overlook the kind of public relations uh, issue that this causes i mean have you talked to anybody in city hall specifically that can give you a reasonable explanation as to why you bring a guy like michael wick uh, wick back Unless those comments you heard by Mayor View were reasonable to you, um, no, I haven't. I haven't heard any good reason why bringing him back. Um, it seems like the people who are in support of bringing him back, such as our mayor, such as, you know, our police chief, are individuals who aren't really engaged on social media. They aren't active to the pulse of, you know, these people who speak on social media. If you go on there, you are seeing plenty of Chickabee residents, prominent ones at that, saying that this is absolutely ridiculous and to have someone in this position with a badge on them, and alien- while they're alienating a whole portion of our community, whether it be African American, Hispanic, however you know, whatever social media post of his you want to reference, um, it's just really important that our, our students and teachers—that's my my concern as a school committee member—that they feel represented and uh, protected by the representatives at all times. If I could go back to your last lame attempt to try to excuse yourself. Um, you said something to the effect of that the rioter who got in his car and attempted to drive at the officer and hit him and then came out of his car with a knife should have been taken down by the police. You're right. That's absolutely true. But that's not what your comment said online. You said rioters who stormed the Capitol should be put in the ground. You didn't specify criminals. You didn't specify felons. You didn't specify anyone who took the life of someone else. You simply suggested that rioters should be killed. I did say imminent threat, did I not? Uh, well, in the part that Mass Live repeated, no, it is not included in there. Yeah, it, it was. It was definitely. It was definitely an imminent threat to be put into the ground. Was the comment I made. Um, and, and it's still, it still it would be on Facebook still because I, I did not delete that comment. My, the friend who made the original post deleted the post. Um, so unfortunately, it's not, maybe for fortunately it's not there anymore, according to you. But you know, it, for me, I all I'm saying is it's not it's not on the mass live repeat of the quote. I don't know whether yeah, it's on Facebook yeah, or not. Fair fair enough. And, and like you say, you know, maybe for the better, it's not up there anymore. If I if I apologize for anything, it's the language I use, the point I made. I, I can't I can't really back off that point. I, I, I just cannot sympathize with domestic terrorists in any way. And you believe that Mike Wilk is a domestic terrorist or you believe he's no, a racist? I, I believe he's definitely a racist, but in terms of the 
domestic terrorism at the Capitol building, at the very least, I feel like he sympathizes with them. What is it exactly that you, uh, again, whether or not an individual makes a racist comment, uh, I'm not sure I agree with the label of them then being a racist. Oftentimes people say the wrong thing. It doesn't necessarily label them as a particular group or a member of a group. So, but You're you- right, John. That, that, and if he made one, one comment, that's one thing. He has had almost a decade-long history of these comments, not only at African Americans, but then you go back to the one where he's saying illegal immigrants put their head on a spike that will deter illegal immigration. You know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he, putting a head on a spike, like that's the language we want from our local police. No, I can't get behind that. I think the the issue is, and, and we know Mike Wilk uh, a little bit. I think the, the part of the issue okay. is is that even if you believe he is racist, the issue is is that he wrote things that were insensitive, and a, and a, the public information officer using social media to project certain opinions needs more sensitivity than just blurt out stuff that could be misconstrued or misinterpreted as something that it may not have been intended to be. And that's the biggest problem with social media is that, you know, we we throw out our opinions without any real thought about the ramifications or consequences of those statements. I'm sure Mike Wilk didn't go you know, online with the idea of saying, well, I'm going to use a, I'm going to be a racist today on, on social media. But the fact of the remains, what he said was seen as very insensitive to a lot of people who he's been hired to protect within his own city. I think, I think that's a fair statement. Absolutely. I, th- I think you put it very well. All right. Are you uh, considering the possibility of running for higher office at some point in uh, the city of Springfield? Uh, Chickabee? City of Chicopee. Um, not right now. At the no, I I'm planning to stay with the school committee. You know, I, I do have a lot of work to still do here. I I think there's a lot of potential for growth in our schools. Um, for the future, you know, it, it depends how the campaign funds look, right? Because higher office is very expensive. Um, it takes to have a good voting base. I think we have that now, but. In the future, we'll have to reevaluate that. All right. Well, it did sound like a misspeak, but no, I really did mean, why don't you run in Springfield instead? (laughs) (laughs) Jim Jim Tannhauser from the uh, Chicopee School Committee. We appreciate the time, Jim. Thanks for coming on today. Of course. Have a good one, guys. All right. You too. It's uh, 826 on Rock 102. 833 with Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Serview Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, the Mass Pike in West Springfield is still down to one lane as the clean up, clean up the remnants of that tractor-trailer fire that happened uh, earlier this morning. Uh, that's uh, near Exit 45, which is the old Exit 4. You remember old Exit Four? Oh, the old oh, days yeah, of Exit one, Four. Yeah. yeah, I was always a big fan of Exit Three back when oh, I lived back there. Uh, the uh, days have changed, and the exits have changed as well. Sergeant Wilt Chamberlain of the Mass State Police in Westfield <laughs> said that the tractor trailer carrying uh, cars caught fire near the 45.8 mile marker, which is the old 23.2 mile marker. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a bummer, man. It's like it, we obviously we don't know whether these were new cars being delivered to dealerships or whether it was an auto transporter and each of those cars is owned individually. Maybe or they were delivering Carvana cars to a yeah. Carvana Unana. Yeah, Carvana Unana. Uh, and then and then they were like, Well, I guess we're not getting off the pike now. They just voted this down.
Where am I going to go with this truck full of cars? I don't know. Why don't you pull over to the side of the road and torch them? You know, there's that Carvana thing. You put the coin in the machine, and all of a sudden you get this burnt vehicle on the other end when it comes out of the vending machine. <laughs> like, what happened? Oh, yeah. defect. There's a fire. Yeah, it's like getting, a, you know, getting like a Twix bar eaten by a mouse in a candy machine. Yeah. I would be afraid that you get like one stuck and you have to put more money in the in the thing, and all of a sudden you got two cars you don't have to do with. And you got to buy, got to find two hundred friends to help you shake the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Big... Or eat your arms stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont is considering reimposing restrictions for people who travel to states with high rates of COVID-19. He said uh, he's at least a week away from making a decision. Lamont says he's consulting with Governor Baker and two others from uh, other neighboring states about regional policies. Connecticut reports 228 new cases and in Massachusetts 457 new cases as local residents hope to uh, hope not to add to that number. Uh, I don't want to be a victim, so enough of that. We're uh, we're at Chickabee doing what we have to do, and hopefully everybody else is uh, following the same steps. Said uh, some local man on the street, because uh, twenty two couldn't go over into Connecticut no. to ask anybody no. from Connecticut how they feel <laughs> no. about the restrictions. They did ask their affiliate in New Haven to do it, but even they were like, "You're seven miles away." Yeah, but we ran out of gas, and Don Shipman. Uh, he was driving around all night. And we're from a we're from a, a high risk state, so we're not allowed to drive down into Connecticut. Lamont uh, specifically mentioned southern states like Arkansas and Florida, with infection rates uh, are are ten times theirs. If Lamont tries to impose the travel restrictions, a committee could block the move. A committee could. A committee. What committee? Uh, the COVID committee. I didn't realize there was any anyone anywhere who could block the governor's move. To uh, impose these things. Well, every state has different ways and how much power each governor has. So no, see, I thought the governor was usually the ultimate. No, that's why you still have a legislature. I mean, there, there's checks and balances. Well, but- yes, but I mean, in COVID, there has not really been legislative uh, involvement. It's uh, these these rules have been made by governors. And- that's what the president said when he told everybody, uh, "I don't want anything to do with this." You guys can handle it. You governors, it's all for you. I don't want to help you. You just do your own thing. Yeah. Well, look, I just got uh, elected to uh, help myself. Yeah, I literally just unpacked my stuff and filled up the the, uh, the the shelves in my office. I don't have time for this new stuff. Two Vermont men are facing drug trafficking charges after a trooper stopped their vehicle for having improper lights and a handwritten license plate in Shelburne Falls last week. Mass State Police said on July 16th, troopers arrested 31-year-old Justin Buccino and 36-year-old Justin Gillum. Ooh, Justin and Justin. Two Justins in yeah. one car? What is this, amateur hour? Two Justins with no justice. Both <laughs> of Springfield, Vermont. After conducting the traffic stop at around 12.30 a.m., the driver, Buccino, had an expired and suspended driver's license, and when asked about the makeshift license plate, he could not provide the correct documents. So the cops were busting the Justins. That's right. Gotcha. Uh, I'm to figure out how it's both expired and suspended. Well, if it's a fake license plate. No, no, no. You said his driver's license was suspended yeah. and uh, and uh, expired. Well, it was uh, he, it was probably out of date, and then they realized it was already suspended before it expired anyway. Or it might have been the other way around. It might have been. Sus- but I, I would think that the expiration, the date is suspend- is is frozen in time. So that a suspended license does not then expire, it has to be renewed anyway. I don't know. Maybe that's not how it works. 
I don't know nothing about that stuff. Uh, yeah, what would you know about <laughs> the law? Yeah. Troopers arrested Buccino and allegedly found a bundle of heroin in his pockets. Gillum was arrested after troopers found suspected crystal meth in his pockets. Uh, he was a little argumentative, but remained compliant, according to state police. An inventory search of the vehicle turned up a used syringe, a box cutter, two bundles of heroin, a small white baggie containing fentanyl, a glass pipe, and a Frosted Flakes cereal box with 3,100 bags of heroin and a plastic baggie of crack cocaine. They're great! Uh, um, what, what, uh... <sighs> We have no idea where this cereal box was in the vehicle, though, do we? No. Yeah. There was also, by the way, a third of a bag of Frosted Flakes. Very tightly uh, wrapped. Yeah, I would put the Frosted Flakes on top of the drugs to make it look like I was just eating cereal out of the box. I'm guessing that's probably what he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the cop probably opened up the box, saw that the bag was folded all the way down to the cereal, and then lifted it out, and yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff underneath it. And still, those are not the kind of prizes you used to get in your cereal box. My kids were never uh, you know, cereal eaters, but you know, when we were kids, it was sometimes a prize in the box of the yeah, cereal. That's what I mean. I mean, do they still do that? And has anyone ever claimed like a little bag of heroin or yeah. fentanyl? Mm. Nothing that good. You know what these? Uh, you know, I just started uh, using um, those cereal box. Uh, they're like containers that you put in your cupboard. Yeah. You put the cereal in them sure. to keep the moisture from getting to the cereal. Right. That's what they should use in these drug stops. You put the you put the heroin in there. You gotta keep it fresh. Why why uh, why will you why do people pour cereal out of a box into a container uh so they can if, if the if you pla- I've never seen anybody sh- crink down the, the plastic around the cereal the way these guys did. But if you did that, if you did that, and then closed the lid of the box, in the amount of time it takes to eat a box of cereal, assuming you're having a bowl every morning, is it really necessary to put it into a secondary container to keep it fresh? Well, okay, you're talking about a single man eating cereal. You're not talking about a man who has two children who like to open several boxes of cereal and to just leave them open. And they like the variety, so it may take a couple of weeks before a box of cereal is yeah. is done. And I don't know if you ever had stale cereal, but it sucks. Well, but no, I, I would... I guess this is another one of those things that makes me realize why I should not have been a parent. Um, There's not going to be several open boxes of cereal. The next box of cereal doesn't get opened until the first box is gone. I hate to break this to you. If you've got more than one kid, you know, one kid may have like a a chocolate allergy, so they can't have your cocoa puffs. That's a different story. That's okay. And and maybe you're an adult, and maybe you like an adult. Cereal. That's okay too. And then yeah, all of a sudden, and you got to a kid that uh, you know wants something else. Yeah. And, and you now have like three different kinds of cereal. And I'm all right with that. But what I'm not all right with is the three kids mixing and matching and having Frosted Flakes on Monday and Cocoa Krispies on Tuesday and Rice Krispies on yeah, Wednesday. But, but that's that's the beauty of variety. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to have what you want. Then you buy a variety pack. No, no, because those are more expensive. It's easier to buy the three bags of cereal and the big box at Costco, the Fruit Loops, the Apple Jacks, and the Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> That's cheaper. It's a it lot is, cheaper. It is a, it's lot a lot cheaper. cheaper. And if you put it in those containers, that thing will last for months. Uh, right. yeah, you Where are you putting the milk? Listen, I suffered through the 1980s having to eat shredded wheat all the time because my parents couldn't afford the really good cereal. 
I, I worked hard to make sure that my kids can have Fruit Loops and Apple Jacks and Cocoa Krispies all in one big box from a big box store. I tend to remember as a child there's at least, at least two options for cereals. Maybe no. a third if my parents were having cereal for uh, that week or that month or whatever. Oh, there was always a variety. And actually, dietary, uh, you know, nutritionally speaking, <clears throat> the body uh, works better when there's some level of variety. That place up in Hadley, the uh, the video game, the quarters, Yeah, they have on Saturday mornings like a breakfast buffet cereal bar. And you can get all the old cereals from when you were a kid, mm, like the Count Chocula's and the Boo Berries and the, anything else. You, do you know that you're actually getting the brand name ones and not some knockoff? Uh, as far as I know, uh, yeah, I think you are. Yeah, okay. You know, your Lucky right. Charms and your, uh, your your Cocoa Puffs and your Captain Crunch. Yeah. I do but, love cereal, though. But not some generic version of all those three. You know, yeah. some generics are not that bad. They're very, very Just close. Just the very words, not that bad. Well, no, you. you th- what I'm saying is the assumption is they're going to be horrible or a, or a cheap knockoff of the original. Some of them are actually are, pretty good. Are yeah. as good, if not better, mm-hmm. than the the originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I used to you know get them a lot from Price Right because Price Right has the cheaper prices on all that stuff. Right, and it was like uh, instead of cocoa puffs, it was like. Cocoa Muffs or something. Cocoa Muffs? Yeah, really? Wouldn't want to have a second bowl of that. Imagine what that mascot must have looked like. (laughs) It was just furry. It was really furry. Looked like a clam. said, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Muffs. (laughs) They're okay. I'm horny for Cocoa Muffs. (laughs) They're okay. No, that was the thing on Family Guy. It was the generic with uh, Terry the Tiger. Uh, Yeah. They're food. <laughs> there were some terrible ones though. I like uh, the uh, the sugar corn pops. I thought were gross. Uh, the super sugar crisp. I thought were terrible. Oh, uh, honey smacks. Honey were smacks disgusting. are disgusting. I don't know why anybody liked those. Not to mention seemingly promoting domestic violence. Honey smacks. <laughs> you know, give me a smack and I'll smack you back. That was that was <laughs> that was their tagline. Yeah, wasn't that frog always drinking like a Keystone Light just before he right. smacked people he was, in the face? He, uh, with yeah. he was not only promoting violence, but also retaliation. And the kids all had black eyes. Yeah. Uh, Amazon is tired of ringing doorbells. The online shopping giant is pushing landlords around the country, yeah. sometimes with financial what? No, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sometimes with financial incentives to give its drivers the ability to unlock apartment building doors themselves with a mobile device. Oh, okay. That's different. The service, dubbed Key for Business, is pitched as a way to cut down on stolen packages by making it easy to leave them in lobbies and not outside. Amazon benefits because it enables delivery workers to make their rounds faster and fewer stolen packages reduce costs, yada, yada, yada. You know, I I understand that these people are overworked and they're big-brothered to death. From the moment they start work in the morning until they're done during, at the end of the day. But um, the need to try to shave off time here and there. Um, I came home the other day and my Amazon package was on, uh, it was not on my step. It was closer to my garage, near, almost down in front of my garage door. You know, I mean, that's why people have ring doorbells. So that they can see that someone was there. I still can't get those Amazon notifications on my new phone to tell me that the package arrived. But I at least can see it on the ring doorbell. Don't leave it in front of the garage. 
or somewhere else on the property. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're in they're in such a rush to That's, get to, to. I know it's it's not yeah. right, but you know you you got you know put yourself in that position. You, you know the the parent company is watching every move you make, and, and the so parent like, company should be just as concerned with customer service as I am, and give them a break or a couple of extra seconds. To be able to put it on the front step without mm. telling them that they're slowing down their progress. I don't know if a company that's almost worth a trillion dollars gives a rat's ass about making you happy. Uh, they just want, they think, just want more of your business. Yeah, well, they're not going to get more of my business if they don't make me happy. I can't even get Amazon to deliver anything to my house. I have to go pick everything up from the post office. What? Yeah. They won't they, come to your house? Get this, Okay. I have friends that live in, in Wilbraham, which is probably, how far would you say away from the Holyoke Distribution Center up in Amazon? That probably six miles. Is that close? Mm. Well, by how the crow flies. Uh, how the drone flies. Yeah. Okay, now I live much closer to that Amazon facility, and the Amazon trucks go right by my house to deliver packages to the post to office, the post office yeah. for me to go and get. But yeah. they probably have... You know, 40, 50 deliveries throughout the entire town of Wilbraham. And there's probably a, a fraction of that in uh, in Huntington. What are you talking about? We're buying stuff all the time up in the hill towns. Yeah, but but, but if you've got less deliveries in Huntington, I'm backing you on this one, Steve. If you've got less deliveries in Huntington, you've got the time to be able to make those deliveries. Thank you, John. If you I have appreciate a, the support. A larger group of packages, take those to the post office. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, you know, and it's I literally live like eighteen minutes from that facility. If you drive from that facility to Wilbraham, it's like twenty five minutes. Yeah, but you know, if you ever talk to anyone who's worked at like a UPS or a FedEx you know, it's the, the, their model is about the efficiency of their delivery, and they would get more deliveries done in a Wilbraham than they would in a Huntington. So, you know, they have to figure out, and there's a mathematical formula of, of how they map it all out, but they do the best they can. I mean, it's it's silly to me that you can't get your packages, but that's why I have all my packages delivered here. But, I mean, you've also got to think about the idea of, you know, and there's a name for this. They call it the last mile. The the getting it from the final distribution place to the customer. And there are certainly a lot more rural areas in this country, Steve, other than Huntington. Mm -hmm. And most of those people are probably using things like Amazon for their purchases. But the efficiency of getting to the last mile when the houses are six or seven miles apart... Uh, is a little bit more difficult for a company like Amazon. I'm just saying, if I'm paying for a service through a service that guarantees the package will be at my door in two days and it doesn't show up at my door, it shows up at the post office, that's misleading. Now, why isn't if it shows up at the post office, <laughs> why doesn't the post office then deliver it? Well, I don't get my mail delivered to my house anyway. Oh, so that's well, that part of it. changes everything. Well, no, it doesn't change everything. I've had a post office box for years, and then, uh, you know, I moved to the new house, and then I was told, you need to remove that mailbox if you're going to keep that post office box. Well, luckily, a snowplow came by the next day and took it out for me, so I didn't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. it. But I, I kept the post office box, but it's still, the Amazon is not the U.S. mail. Well, but uh, to be fair, I mean, first of all, on Sundays, when you see U.S. mail trucks out there, those are all Amazon deliveries. 
that's who's delivering Amazon is the U.S. Postal Service on Sundays anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not getting mail delivered directly to your home, then now I understand why you're not getting uh, postal, thing, you know, I UPS. It, but, or, I, but I'm not shipping things through the U.S. mail service. If that's their deal, then that's their problem. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm asking for you to deliver a pay, FedEx and UPS will come right to the house if I order something through that, you know. It's just like, I, I mean, I've heard these things uh, being threatened before, and thankfully it hasn't happened yet, but eventually it probably will. The Postal Service is going to say, look, we can't keep doing this going to every house every day thing. So we're going to put a, a post box, you know, like an apartment building box at the end of the, everybody's street. And everybody on the street's going to have to go down to that box every day and get their mail instead of having a mailman or a woman walk up and down every driveway of every street. What about junk mail? Well, there really is no junk mail. <laughs> What are those uh, postal guys go crazy every once in a while and shoot the whole place up? Every now and then. <laughs> Why I is forgot, that? I forgot his Why line. Why is it? I forgot his line. Because the mail never oh, yeah, stops. Right, yeah. And first it's he goes on as, as something about Publishers Clearinghouse <laughs> And then it's Publishers Clearinghouse Day. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 79. Tomorrow more of the same with a high of 81. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hi, Jeff Serrett from Serrett Ford Lincoln and Aguam, and we've just kicked off our biggest pre-owned sale ever. We have well over 150